Well, you can turn in your Bible to Exodus chapter 6. And we're starting a brand new series, a brand new um, collection of of talks as a church. And we're looking uh, for the next few weeks at this subject of made for this. And if you want to dive in a little bit deeper into what we're talking about, you can um, go read a book by Pastor Chris Hodges called The Four Cups. And so a lot of even today what we're going to talk about, uh, you can find uh, in his message, The Four Cups, or his book, The Four Cups. But you know, as a church, we're diving into some promises that God has for every person in this room. And I want you to know if you came to this place and you were like, man, I, I, like, I've never stepped into the church. You were worried like the windows were going to crack when you walked in or something, you know? Like if that's what you felt like when you came in, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Can I, amen. Anybody just breathe a big sigh or like, you know? Um, you came to the right place because we, we believe, come on, that every person in this room, whether you know God or you don't know God yet, that you were made for a purpose. You are loved, and I promise you, wherever you are in this journey, that God has so much more for you. He has so much more for us, that whether you've been following Jesus for decades or even today will be the first time you call upon the name of God. God wants every person in this room to be encouraged to know that he has good plans for you, that you are loved and you are made for more than just surviving Monday through Friday and getting to the weekend. Like I promise you there is a life beyond just getting to the weekend. And so let's dive into Exodus chapter 6, and we're going to look at this this, uh, portion of scripture from the Bible, and we'll come back to it in a little bit. But Exodus 6, verse 6 says this, Say therefore to the people of Israel, so God is telling this man Moses to speak, and he says, Say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Goes on to say, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. He says, I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Now we gotta understand as we read this, This was spoken by God some 3,000 years ago, and these words, as we unpack them in a little bit, they're just as real for you and I. They're promises that God has for every person in this room, for all of mankind. We're going to jump ahead to later in the Bible in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, His divine power, God's divine power, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Verse 4. It says, By which He has granted to us His precious, say precious, Precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Let's pray and we'll jump in. God, I thank you for every person in this room. God, we are so thankful that you would come and you would give us an opportunity to meet with you, that you would give us life and relationship. And we ask that Holy Spirit, in these few moments, you would speak to every heart. That God, wherever we are in our journey with you, God, would you speak to us and would you draw us closer and would you reveal to us the reality that you have a purpose for our life, that we were made to live a life that makes a difference. 
God, we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Man, there is power in a promise. And, and I recognize it today as we come in that some of you, and all of us in this room, in fact, uh, we've been disappointed at times in promises made, right? We, we've all, how many of you, uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but we've actually been the giver of false promises, you know what I mean? Like, in fact, like when we tell our best friend, like, I promise I'm going to start a diet on Monday. We all, you know, if you, you just, if you wondered if you failed any promises, like today, how many diets are going out the window at the food trucks? I recognize that the promises sometimes you've had have not been kept, but there's power when you know the, 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 the stability of the promise giver. There's power when you know the character of, there's certain people you know when they make a promise, you're like, sign the check, come on, book the vacation, we going, you know, we're going to Disneyland. I think about the power of a promise, and, and today we're going to talk about this reality is that God has given promises for all mankind. He's given an invitation for a life so much greater than we could imagine, promises that he has for us, but we have to grab hold of that promise, and there is power in the promise. I think about about four and a half years ago, my husband's back here. And um, four and a half years ago, I remember this day, I thought I was just going to a class and, and uh, he, he wasn't there. And all of a sudden I realized I was in the middle of a grand scheme. He was about to propose to me. And so he went through this elaborate, amazing, awesome, wonderful, he's, he's an awesome man. It was a wonderful day, but the problem was every, not the problem, the reality was that the whole way he had all these stops and there was all these people, but there was no Riley, right? I'm like, you guys are all great, but what, give me that man. Like, where, where's he at, you know? And I remember I, my, I get pulled up to this bridge, this beautiful bridge, and, and there he's standing, and, and I come out of the car, and I, I come, and he's waiting, and he, he drops down, right? You guys know, like, this isn't, you know, there's, like, su surprise, and he asked if I wanted to go to dinner. Like, no, he, he drops down, and he pops this very box, and he opens it, and, and of course, there was shiny bling, and I was like, thank you, Jesus, you know? <laughs> and... Um, and he, he pops down and he gets on one knee and he, he begins to pledge and ask me this question because he wanted to promise his life to me. And I remember putting this ring that I now wear on my finger and I had, suddenly I stood up and I had a promise. A promise that he wanted to spend forever with me and, and some six months later we stood on this actual altar and he put another ring on my finger and he pledged before God and before man that he would not just a promise that we would get married, but now a promise to spend forever. And I think about the power of a promise. Because everything changed, you know, you're just boyfriend and girlfriend and you're like, maybe we might get married, maybe, you know, everything's a maybe. But then there was a promise. And a promise leads you to planning. A promise leads to you buying the dress. A promise makes you live differently. And here's the reality, is that God comes and he has given you and I promises. He's given us promises that we can build our life on. He's given us promises that cause us to be able to leave a life of despair and hurt and bondage and shame behind. He's given us promises that we can build on and these promises are laced in this book his word. And it's filled with promises that who is the promise giver? It's God. Who so cares about fulfilling his promise that when he said that he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, 
that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. See, the promise giver paid the price to fulfill the promise. And, and this morning, we're going to look at promises that are for all of us, whether we've been following the Lord for many days or, or not at all. And I pray that this morning, as you hear these promises, that, that the wind in your sails would, would get filled and hope would fill your heart to realize you don't have to leave this place in despair. You don't have to leave this place with your head held low in regret of your yesterdays, but you can look in hope and enjoy knowing that Jesus made a way for us to live this beautiful life of promise. The Bible is filled with promises for you and I. And here's what you have to understand this morning, is God fulfills his promises. These people that we will look at, that he promised that he would bring them out of this land of slavery into the promised land. About 80 years after this word was, sorry, 40 years after this word was given, we see later on these words pinned in Joshua 21:45. It says, not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. You know, it's amazing. God makes a lot of promises and he forgets zero of them. God makes so many promises and he's not the like, hey, maybe one day, ha ha. God makes a promise and he puts himself on the line to fulfill that promise. Not one failed. We have to understand this, that as a church, if you wonder what's Joy Church all about, one of the things is that we are committed that together we're going to pursue the promises of God. We're going to pursue our Savior Jesus, and together we're all in this journey in different stages, but together we're running hold to grab hold of the promises because these promises just sitting in the book not put into play in our life. They're just words, but when we put them into play, they become powerful, transforming realities. You guys okay? We're gonna pursue these promises. So here's some things we need to know. One, you gotta know the promise. You know, I, I was thinking about this reality, like sometimes you can come in and, um, have you ever like had somebody later, like let me give you just a mind-blowing thought. Anybody like popcorn at the movie theater, come on, it's not a movie without the popcorn. In fact, I fall asleep when the popcorn's done. I'm like, deuces, I'm out, whatever, you know, like, popcorn's gone. And a little known fact, if you sign up for the, like, the rewards club at Cinemark, you get a free popcorn in your birthday month. Like, another reason to celebrate being alive. <laughs> See, I, I feel better, like right now, I just, if you didn't know that, I hope you leave so refreshed. You're like, free popcorn on my birthday, sign up for that club. I hate knowing there's something for me and nobody told me, like I left the buffet and I didn't get the good stuff. <laughs> Do you know, I could have had steak, it was part of the buffet, yeah it was. And so when I go like to a hotel, when, when my husband and I travel somewhere, when I go to the hotel, I'm immediately checking out what's free in this joint. Like what is free, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's always like suspicious of what's free. So I'm like popping open the water. I'm like, they say it's free water. Like I've never had water in my whole life, but it tastes so good when it's free. Anybody else hear an amen? And he's always staring at me like, are you sure that's free? Cause that's gonna be like $14, you know, for that. And you're like, yeah, that Kirkland water, you know? No, I'm like, I wanna know. Here's what you gotta understand. First, first thing is that we, got, we, gotta, we have to know what's available to us. Some of you, all of us have views of God that are skewed. 
that are shaped by, by, by the family we're in. They were shaped by culture. They were shaped by pain and hurt. And God says, I don't want you to know like about me and what you think I am. I want you to know me. I want you to dive in and to know all that I have for you because he has good promises. And we need to know the promises that are available to us. We need to know when we're going through tough situations, what is the promise I could call out to God for? When I feel all alone, I say, he will never leave me nor forsake me. That's what God's word says. When, when shame tries to come knocking at your door and says you're a failure, that you're defined by that addiction, that you're defined by your past, you say, shut up, devil, and you begin to declare the promises of God that says there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When all of a sudden you come in and you feel anxiety knocking at your door, some of you came to this place and you are just wrecked and, and broken in depression and anxious thoughts run through your mind costly, you can anchor yourself on the promises of God and say, that says he keeps in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on him. So I set my mind on you, Jesus. That's a promise available to me. When you look at your finances and you don't know how you're going to, get through and you trust God and you say, my God shall supply all my needs. We have to know the promises available. There's power when we know what God wants to do in our life. I gotta understand them. Some of you came and you're like, yeah, uh, I know the promises of God, but why aren't they working? Well, we gotta understand a couple things that with the promise comes a premise. And with the promise, sometimes, you know, maybe a lot of the promises of God, God says they're all available for you, but they come with relationship. They come with obedience. And so I want to pour out just the blessing. I want to pour out my life on you. I want to change your circumstances. But the promise is attached to you obeying God's ways. The promise is attached to walking in relationship. So I got to understand how do I activate this promise that God has for my life by putting my trust in Jesus. I activate it through faith in Christ. I got to understand God's promise. I got to understand that his timing is so different. Natalie's timing is five minutes ago. Everything is five minutes ago. I'm like, yeah, that's good, but it should be no five minutes ago. And God's timing is like five minutes too late. And my, you know, sometimes I'm like, come on, Lord, I'm waiting for the promise. And he's like, yeah, you, you're all right. You're, you're okay. <laughs> I got to understand God's got this. I don't got this. And you don't have this. God's got this. And when I understand his timing is perfect, I may not see the answer yet. And sometimes I don't see it how I want to see it. But he's eternal. His promises don't change. And his timing is just on time, perfect timing. You think about that it, if you go to the beginning of the Bible, and this was written over thousands of years. It was in the very beginning, like we're like two pages in, Genesis 3. And God gives a promise that he would send a savior to save us. And in my mind, it's like, okay, God, like, let's just, let's do this. But we see thousands of years, God working and weaving his plan. And then Jesus shows up on the scene to save us. We gotta understand the promises of God. And we have to pursue the promises of God. We gotta test them. I have an engineer for a husband, like legit. And um, 
I'm like one of those people that I'm like, this works, just go with it. But, but, but he's like, I gotta know why this works. So he's all about testing the promises. You know what I mean? He's like breaking things to fix them. I'm like, they already work. Just play the movie, you know? And he's like, nah, we gotta see what's wrong. How, what if it does break? I'm like, no, no, stop it, you know? We gotta test the promises. We need to engineer the prom. We need to go in and say, God, you said this. I'm gonna test your word. The psalmist, he wrote this in Psalms 119. He said these words, if they could throw them up on the screen. He says, your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. You wanna know why I can get up here and I can go, ah, I love the promises of God because I've seen them work in my life. Because I know that in those moments when anxiety wreaks my mind, that I can set my mind on Christ. I can set my mind on the Lord and he brings peace. I know in those moments when fear tries to come and I can go, your perfect love casts out fear. Because I've seen that God has never left me or forsaken me. We gotta test the promises of God. I double dog dare you to show up every week in this series and you get a promise and then you go put it to test that week. And you come back and tell me if you don't begin to see God working in your life as you test the promises of God. As you begin to say, Lord, I'm gonna seek to know you. I'm gonna seek to find freedom. I'm gonna seek to put into play these promises you've given to me. Are you guys okay? So we're gonna jump in to the four promises that God has for us that over thousands of years he's been declaring these promises. You'll see them throughout the Bible, these four things. And he gave them to the Israelites some 3,000 years ago and they are just as true to this audience, this group of people in Medford, Oregon. Amen? It says in Exodus chapter six, verse six, say therefore, and I want you to know every time it says I will, this is God saying I will do this. I am the promise giver. I'm the one who's gonna do this in your life. He says, say therefore to the people of Israel, I'm the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment and I will take you to be my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will bring you to the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession for I am the Lord. The first promise that's for every person in this room, I don't, I don't care what last name you wear. I don't care if you came into this, this room so full of shame and despair and you feel like, I can't even believe this. I want you to know that God comes and he, he brings you a promise. And the first promise that he brings to every person in this room, he says, I will bring you out and it's the promise of salvation, the promise and the reality that we were made to know God. There is a longing in every heart, in every person that cries out from the inside out. Sometimes we can't even communicate this, this desire, this longing, and it is a hunger and desire to know the God who created us. You've been going through life and we've all, if you, those of you that are followers of Jesus, you know that moment when it was like you breathed air for the first time because it was like, it's Jesus. I was made to know God. He's the one who made me. 
He's the one that knows me. And here's the reality. Some of you are wondering, you say, I can't come to God because I'm too broken. The most qualified person to fix that which is broken is the one who created that which is broken. And if you come and you recognize that God takes your life and he says, no, 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 life and sin and bondage has broken you. I made you perfect, but in this, I'm coming back to my creation and you were made to know me and you will never know how to live this life. You will never know how to make an impact with your life until you know God. If you say, what have I been searching for? It's God. And do we graduate from that? Absolutely not. This promise is just as precious to every person here who says maybe for five decades you've been calling out to God and walking in relationship with him and he has the same invitation. He says, I will bring you out. You see, the Israelites, they were in slavery for 400 years. And they had promises as they were in slavery. They had promises that God would deliver them, but every day all they saw was slavery. And God came in a moment and he said, I will bring you out. Slavery is not your portion. Bondage is not your portion. And some of you, all you've known, day after day after day after day is despair, brokenness. Your marriage is on the rocks. You're going through life situations and you feel like you can't even breathe. And God's coming in and he's saying, my promise is for you. It's just as real. I want to bring you out of slavery. I want to bring you out of bondage into my life. And this is found in relationship with God. You see, church, we're committed to every single week creating space for people to come to know God. This is a place, if you have questions, you're in the right place. If you have hurt and bondage, you're in the right place. Not because a human can fix you, but because a living God is here, his presence is here, and he's here to reveal yourself, and he wants to have relationship with you. And if you know God and you've, you've known him, but you say, Man, my relationship's gone cold. The invitation, God is still calling us out and he's saying, I want you to know me. I want to have a relationship with you, my sons and daughters. Are you guys okay? Somebody say, I think the taco truck legit is calling me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, bless him, Lord, bring in the guacamole, okay. (laughs) This is the promise. God comes to the people and he says, I will bring you out. That's good news, people. Breathe deep. He wants to bring you out. That addiction is not what he had planned for you. He wants to bring you out of that addiction. There is hope. That fear, that's not your portion. He wants to bring you out. He wants you to know him. He's so much better than, come on, he's so much better than the press that we hear. He's so much better than what people say. He wants you to get a firsthand experience knowing who he is. He is a good God. He is holy. He is powerful. He is amazing. And yet he invites his creation to have relationship with him. Come on, that's a good, good promise. The second thing God speaks, and he speaks to us, the second promise is he says, I will deliver you. And he says these words, he says, I will deliver you from slavery. Now it's interesting because we read that and it says, first thing he says is, I will bring you out from bondage. And then he says, and I will deliver you from slavery. You're like, Lord, I I know you're really, you're the Lord, but you're like being really redundant here. 
Like, you already said you're going to bring us out, and now you're saying you'll deliver us? Like, did you really need to say that twice? You see, the second promise is that he says, I will deliver you, and I've created you, I've made you to find freedom. Because you see, the Israelites, they were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. And God brought them out of Egypt, and he saved them with his mighty hand, and so they came to know him as God. But the reality was is that even though they were no longer in Egypt, Egypt was still on the inside of them. They were slaves in their heart. And some of us come to church and we're like, God, I know you and you brought me out of slavery, but why do I still feel like I'm a captive on the inside? Why do I still feel bound on the inside? And here's the second promise, and I think somebody needs to get super stoked about this, is that God doesn't want to just kind of like slap like some lipstick on you, make you look sort of okay, and be like, you're good, I made you to know me, like move on. But he comes in, he says, not only did I, re- I-, I cause you to know me, not only did I save you, but I'm committed to deliver you, to bring freedom up on the inside, to change the way you think, to cause that which has bound you for your whole life to be broken off of you and to find freedom in me. Come on, God wants to get Egypt out of us. Slavery out of us. That is his promise to us. He says, I will bring you out and then I will deliver you. I've made you to find freedom. And one of the most beautiful places that freedom happens is in groups. You see, there's something about every one of us needs a place where we come together Next week, groups are launching. Some of you today need to run out these doors, find your group. Come on, you, everybody's new next week. Everybody's starting, starting fresh. You're like, I don't know anybody. Good, like join a group. We're all newbies, right? There's something so powerful when you come and you sit down and you hopefully have a really good cup of coffee and you look eyeball to eyeball and you take the mask off. And maybe you say, man, I just gave my life to Jesus like, this Sunday, and someone says, I've given my life to Jesus five years ago, and you say, but I've had this shame I've carried, and I'm taking the mask off, and I need freedom, and all of a sudden, in that community, in relationship, God begins to bring freedom and break chains. I'm here to tell you, some of you have carried chains far too long, and God's here to say, I want to set you free. I don't just want to bring you out, but I want to deliver you. I want to break the chains that have bound you for far too long long. We were made. We were made for freedom. God's not frustrated with you. He wants to help journey with you and bring absolute freedom. Absolute freedom. And then we find this third promise. He says, I will redeem you. I will redeem you. And it's where we find this reality that God promised that we were made to discover purpose. You see, this word redeem, it speaks of Uh, to restore to the original design or intention. I think sometimes we look at our life and and we look at the sin that we've walked in and we looked at the hurts we've gone through and maybe betrayals that you've faced and maybe disappointments and that marriage that failed. And our kids that maybe aren't, where we thought they would be. And we look at life and we say, God, what did you actually ever intend for this to be? But see, redemption comes in and God says, what I bought back came with chains and bondage and scars and looked nothing like what I created it to be. 
but redemption returns you back to the original design. And some of you need to know that if God could physically walk and touch every one of your chins, he would lift them up. And he would say, you want to know what you were made for? I'm redeeming you. I'm buying you back for your original purpose. And it's for more than this. You were made for something. There's something on the inside of you that God put in you. It wasn't man. It wasn't your surroundings. It was the living God. And he said, I made you that dream in your heart. Some of you, you think I just cook well. No, you don't just cook well. You have a gift of hospitality. And God put something on the inside of you that when you cook, you feel the smile of God because you create a space for people to encounter the love of God. Some of you have a gift that that God wants to come in. He says, I redeem you. I've made you to discover who I've made you to be. You're more. You're more than just surviving the weak. You're more than just hoping to get past that longing for another relationship. You're more than that. You were made by God, and the Creator is the only one who can tell you what you were made for. You will never know your purpose until you know God. And you will never be able to walk in the purpose until you begin to walk in that journey of freedom. And they work hand in hand as we walk in freedom and we discover our purpose. And I think this stage, he says, I will redeem you. I think it's the journey in our faith where we we take the phone. And early on, it looks like everything's about me, the selfie, you know, the selfie camera. And we're like, you know, Lord, I want to know you. I need freedom. It's all about me. And then I think God comes in. He says, it's time to flip the camera and now aim it. And I'm going to show you the purposes I have for you. And for some of you today, it's time to turn the selfie camera off and flip it around and begin to let God show you what he made you for. Let him show you why he put you on planet earth. Let him show you the giftings and callings he has on your life. It says in Ephesians 1.11, Ephesians 1.11, it says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Later on in Ephesians 2, it says that, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Man, as a church and in the weeks to come, you're gonna hear about this. We're so committed to helping each person discover your God design. Why you're on planet Earth? Because your life was, was, was meant to make a difference. You were, there's something so beautiful when you know who God made you to be. That's why we have growth track. You can join next week and, and you can join in and take your journey of discovering the purpose God has for you. Some of you, it's taking jet classes starting Thursday, beginning Bible college and going deeper. We want you to, to know why you're on planet Earth. We want you to discover your purpose. But the last thing, are you guys okay, church? Is that God comes in and he says, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you out and I'm gonna deliver you and I'm gonna redeem you, I'm gonna return you back to your original purpose. But then he comes in and he changes. Everything in this first part is I'm gonna make, I'm gonna do this for you, for you, for you. But his fourth promise is I will take you to be my people. And the fourth promise that God has for us, and this is the promise, this is where we truly find fulfillment. Because every one of us know we've tried things and they don't bring fulfillment. 
That relationship you thought was going to be everything, it won't fulfill you, and you know that. And all that money and success, that's not where fulfillment happens. Fulfillment happens in Christ as we are living in Christ, and we're living out his purpose linked arm in arm with the people of God. You see, where we make a difference is not when we're isolated by ourselves, just kind of hiding our gifts, but it's when we all bring our gifts to the table and the purposes God put us on planet Earth, and we bring even our failures, and we bring, we bring our scars and our battle wounds, but we all come together and we say, I, will, I know why I'm alive. I've been made for a purpose, and I want to make a difference. I want to serve alongside. I want to I join the dream team. I want to live a life beyond myself, and that's where fulfillment happens. It's when you and I stop living for self, and we start living for God and for others, living a life that serves the people around us. You walk around this room and you see people, you're like, they scary happy. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, how are they all so happy without Botox, you know? Like, we not, we're not faking this. It's because you're seeing people who have been brought out, who've been delivered Redeemed, discover their purpose, and are now linking arms, and they're becoming the people of God, making a difference. That's joy money can't buy. That's joy. That is why God called us together to live a life beyond ourselves, to live a life for His glory, to live a life that shows off His creation, that says, I was made for this and I was made to make a difference. So here's a question I have, church. Is the promises are on the table? Wherever you're at, the invitation is there. God's saying, do you want to know me? Because you were made for this. I want to know you. And the God we serve, he, he wants to know us so much that he made a way. That he sent his son, Jesus, to come to this earth and to be brutally beaten, forsaken, spit upon. And that Jesus came willingly and he took our sin, he took our shame, and he said, I will do this to make a way to bring my people out. And this God, he invites you and I into a relationship. He invites those of you that already know him. He's saying, I'm calling you deeper, church. Some of you, he's, you need to know afresh, he's calling you that he wants to bring deliverance. He wants you to find freedom in this season. He wants to break Egypt out of your heart. If you'd bow your head and close your eyes. So when we grab hold of these promises in our life, we will never be the same again. Our city will never be the same again. Some of you came to this place and the first thing you need to know is this God is doing the same thing he did 3,000 years ago. That these people that were bound, that were slaves in Egypt and God came and he said, I will, I will deliver you. That same God comes today and he made a way through Jesus, our Savior. 
and he gives you the invitation. He says, I will deliver you out. I am the one that you were made to know. And if you came to this place looking for life, looking for Jesus, looking for hope, and you say, Jesus, I need you to save me, then wherever you are in this room, if you would just simply raise your hand as every eye is closed and every head is bowed, you just say, Jesus, I need you to save me. Just lift your hand. You're saying, I'm putting my faith. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on, everywhere, wherever you're at, you say, Jesus, I need you to save me. Just lift your hand. I see that hand. Come on, every person here, you say, Jesus, would you save me? Would you be my God? I want to know you. I see that hand. Come on, hands going up. Wherever you're at, back to the front. Just lift your hands. Say, Jesus, I put my faith in you. I can't cleanse myself wherever you are. You say, Jesus, I need you. Would you be my God? Would you save me? Awesome, awesome. See those hands. Come on, we're going to pray this prayer right now as a church and all of you that have called upon the name of the Lord or maybe you didn't raise your hand but you, you want to pray that prayer and say, Jesus, I put my faith and my trust in you as my Lord. Let's just pray this out together. Dear Jesus, I put my trust in you. I was made to know you and I can't live without you. I surrender my whole life to you and I put my trust in you. If you will be my God, I will be your child. I believe, Jesus, that you not only died on the cross, but you rose again, that you are alive, and in you I have life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, we give everybody a hand in this place. Just a moment, you're going to... In just a moment, you're going to receive some instructions, and we want to help journey with you. We want to help you to grow in knowing God. For the rest of us, church, I think that over these next weeks as a church, I'd invite you, every one of you, come back next week. You don't want to miss as we just journey through and dive in week by week into what this looks like to grab these promises. But I think it's important that this morning we identify the promise that God's stirring in our heart to grab hold of uniquely. We've got stickers for you as you leave this room. You're going to get some stickers that say made for this. You can put it wherever to remind you I was made to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And I was made to help others do the same thing. And I want you just right now in a moment, if you know, you say, man, I know that, that, that I need to grow in knowing God. For some of you that know Jesus, that might look like you, we have opportunities for you to come pray during the week. You can come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 6.30 a.m. There's prayer here, people praying, and Wednesday nights at 5.30. If, maybe you know, I just need to grow in my walk with God. That might be your next step. Maybe for some of you, you know, like immediately when you get out of your seat, you need to run to that connect table. And you know, I got to find freedom. I got to get in a group. I got to build relationships. I want to have people around me, not just for 12 weeks, but for life. People, I want to do life, people finding freedom in Christ. Some of you, maybe it's taking the next step of going to growth track or jet classes. You can register today. Maybe just say, man, I want to continue to discover why I'm on planet Earth. Some of you, you know God's calling you to take the next step and start serving, start using your gifts to join the team and make a difference. 
If you say, man, I know the promise that God's stirring in my heart. I know he's calling me to grow in one of these areas. Would you just lift your hand and we're gonna all pray together. You just say, this is you kind of, as you know, what is that promise over the next weeks? I'm grabbing hold of. I know what God's asking me to take the next step in. Lift your hand and we're gonna all pray together. Come on. You say, man, that promise, I know God's saying, stir it up awesome. God, I thank you for every person here. God, I thank you that you've called each one of us to grab hold of the promises. God, we were made for so much more. And God, may we grab hold of your promises in these weeks. God, may we grab hold of the promises to know you, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout.